Welcome back to another edition of the Hawk Off the Press podcast. I'm your host, Gazette Hawkeyes reporter, John Steppy. It's been an interesting week for Hawkeye athletics. Men's basketball had a couple transfer portal departures. Keegan Murray obviously entered the NBA draft. Probably not a huge surprise there. We're starting to get into women's basketball awards season. Caitlin Clark did not get Naismith National Player of the Year to be determined on the other National Player of the Year awards. Obviously, Aaliyah Boston was the one who would be in the conversation to potentially beat her on that, and that's what happened with Naismith. And then, of course, on my primary beat football. It's been an interesting week. We got a little bit of a glimpse of practice. We're starting to get to talk to players and assistant coaches for the first time in a while. So, um, yeah, so I'll go through some observations from the little bit of spring practice that media could see. And then I will jump right into reader questions. So first of all, before I get into any analysis of that spring practice, it's important to have kind of the disclaimer that this was about 30-ish, maybe 30 to 40 minutes of practice in the first full week of spring practice. So take it for what it is, might not want to read too much into it. We're still, still early. But that being said, the first thing that caught my eyes, while Brian Ferentz is technically quarterback's coach, John Budmeyer has been doing a lot of the coaching as an analyst. So that's an interesting thing. He was working pretty hands-on with the quarterbacks in that section of practice. While we're talking about quarterbacks, the quarterback play did not look great, frankly, in that section of practice that we could see. But again, it's early. It would be like giving somebody a grade after the first homework assignment to use kind of a comparison to a class. So, but there were some passes that weren't quite on target with the receivers. So particularly on the deeper throws, the shorter pass accuracy was a lot better, but deeper throws weren't perfect, but you know, there's a long time between now and September. That's good news for Iowa fans. Um, then I saw people wondering a bit about a bunch of the key players being out for that practice and not in uniform. I wouldn't, I'd be careful to read too much into that. It's a long season. Well, it's a long year, I should say, between spring practices, summer workouts, and then all of a sudden fall camp and then the fall season. So it probably in the long run might be good for Jack Campbell to take a little bit of some time where he's not going full jets there, considering the over-under on scabs, scars, bruises that are clearly visible when he talks to media is probably three or four. So yeah, probably good to give some of those guys a little bit of rest and no minor injuries happen, of course. So, you know, that's kind of just the nature of football. Kurt Ferentz said last week that there aren't any players that he doesn't expect to be available in June or by June, I should say. So yeah, nothing yet that would make you really have concern for 2022 
fall season South Dakota State season opener. Um, then an interesting note at wide receivers. I spend a lot of time looking at quarterbacks and in nature of doing that, I also saw a lot of wide receivers. And Brody Brecht has been, for those who don't know, he's been balancing playing football and playing baseball at Iowa. You know, they have separate seasons, but this is a little bit of an overlap between the spring practice season and the main competition season. Spring practice season for football, main competition season for baseball. And he was out there in practice. He was suited up in shells. And, you know, he had some good catches. So clearly, you know, throwing close to 100 mile per hour fastballs are not keeping him from also getting his reps in at wide receiver. Um, the next day we talked to Calvin Copeland, who was really optimistic and um, frankly kind of seemed impressed with how Brody Brecht has been able to handle you know, playing football and then also, or playing baseball, and then also being the next morning at the football meetings that as much as he can be at, he's been at. So those are some of the main takeaways, but again, 30-ish minutes in the first full week of practice, you know, plenty of things can, will, and should change between now and then. So got a long ways before September. But now switching gears over to reader questions. So um, you can, so I took these questions from our text message update subscribers. You can join the conversation there at joinsubtext.com slash Hawkeyes. Again, that's joinsubtext.com slash Hawkeyes. Or you can text the number 319-729-8218. So we got a lot of great questions and I will start off with one from Reese. Who will be the best receiver this spring? And that's a great question. I think he and Johnson will be interesting to see what his next step in his development is. Arwen Bruce, we haven't gotten to talk to Keegan yet, but Arwen Bruce, who's good friends with Keegan, said that he thinks Keegan is even faster than he was before, which is would be quite the sight considering his speed that results in some of those big player outs. So that'll be an interesting um, name to watch for sure. I think Charlie Jones having another year of development. He's been getting better and better at wide receiver with each year. Obviously, he's been spectacular on special teams as well with some of those electric returns. I think that's another name to watch. Um, Arwen Bruce, obviously, you know, is another true freshman like Keegan, who now has a chance to get a little bit more of his feet under him. So that's, Another um, another name to watch there. So it's a pretty good situation here for the receiving core. It was obviously a young group in 2021, but they pretty much have the whole band coming back together now in 2022. So it'll be, you know, it could be a really a potential strength here for that 2022 offense. Um, 
Bonnie asks about knowing more about the duties of the new analyst. Will he be working with Brian Ferentz? And as I kind of started to talk about earlier, he's really been involved with the quarterbacks. Um, so it does seem like it's kind of almost a tag team effort between Brian Ferentz and John Budmeyer. He was getting a little more hands-on with the quarterbacks in terms of coaching during the 30-ish minutes that we got to watch. So that is certainly part of it. Spencer Petrus is saying a couple hours after that practice that he's been doing this thing called a matrix that usually Petrus would have to do himself that helps in terms of no or mapping out what to do with different coverages from defenses, what Petrus's progressions should be accordingly. So definitely another hand there to help the quarterbacks. I think that could potentially be kind of the secret weapon for whether this quarterback core improves in 2022. It's helpful to have a guy like him. So that's kind of the basic summation of what we know so far. I think we'll probably hear more about that as time goes on, but that's kind of the short version. His background, for those who aren't familiar, he is a former quarterbacks coach at Wisconsin. He was a quarterback at Wisconsin a while ago. So he had that experience and was offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach at Colorado State. So a little familiar with Iowa and playing at Kinnick between both of those, all of those experiences. Then Don expressed his frustrations about Brian Ferentz being quarterback's coach, considering he said himself he had to learn it. Um, and Don is saying that it'd be better to bring in a high-level quarterback coach from outside to really develop the quarterback position. I can say pretty safely that Don is not in the minority here of the fan base. I would assume, I don't think it's possible to have a live poll in the middle of a podcast, but if it was possible, I'm assuming a large portion of people would be voting with Don that they aren't thrilled about Brian Ferentz being quarterbacks coach. So the situation there, as I see it, is if things don't work out, people are really going to be able to say, told you so. Um but it could work out as, you know, the other thing is maybe having more time with between the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach, maybe that helps. That's certainly what Spencer Petrus has been saying, what Kurt Ferentz has been saying. It's possible. It's been helpful at other places to have that synergy. It'll be also an important key in terms of how much can Bud Meyer help in terms of that quarterback learning curve because Brian Ferentz said as early as, or as recently, I should say, as this week, that he knows he has a lot to learn. And he has some fears about how he will do as quarterbacks coach too that he talked about um, that I wrote about on Wednesday. So it'll be interesting. I think the one consolation maybe for fans who are concerned about the person who had, I think it was the 96th most efficient 
offense in the FBS last year, now being responsible for the quarterbacks, is pretty much every quarterback at this level has their own private coach who helps. Spencer Petrus, for example, has the same private coach as Kenny Pickett, most likely the top quarterback in this year's draft class, went to Pitt. So it isn't like all the teaching of technique falls on the quarterback's coach at Iowa's shoulders. There are other people who are kind of sharing the responsibility there for that development. So that's an important thing to keep in mind. Um, Gary asks how Hawkeye student athletes are progressing and obtaining a valuable degree points out that this is not an athletic question I might be used to getting, but in the important, in the long term, is important. I agree. Very important. Considering you look at say the football class, you have all of those seniors and three got an invite to the NFL combine. So obviously we don't get exact GPAs or anything for every student athlete or anything like that. That would obviously be quite the FERPA issue, but we do get a little bit of a glimpse of things with the academic all big 10 honorees. So you have to be having a 3.0 GPA or higher um, and enrolled full-time at the institution for a minimum of 12 months to be academic all big 10. And men's basketball had two athletes above the 3.0 GPA and 12 months at the institution. Women's basketball had nine. Women's gymnastics had 14. Women's swimming and diving had eight. And wrestling had 14. So then there were, let's see, three players or three athletes who had unblemished GPAs as the Big Ten calls it. So, you know, you've got, excuse me, four, four. They said there would be no math in journalism. I guess they were wrong. So four unblemished GPAs among winter sports athletes. So that's a little bit of a, I don't know, a bit of a taste of how Hawkeye student athletes are doing academically. Obviously, we don't really have that much in terms of details on that front. Um, and then got another question here from Philip. He's asking why Luca isn't getting more playing time with the Pistons or is he playing more in the G League? Most of his games have been at the NBA level with the Pistons. The issue, as I see it, and granted, I am certainly not watching every night of Pistons basketball, but as I look at it, there are guys ahead of them that they've invested heavily, whether that's contractually or draft pick wise, um, that they've invested in heavily above him. Um, that always makes it tough. So, you know, I think back to like the Pistons probably three, four years ago when they had Blake Griffin, you know, Henry Ellenson wasn't getting much playing time. Um, obviously that's not an Iowa example, but you know, when you have a highly picked player ahead of you on the depth chart, that sometimes has an impact. And then, you know, the analytics nerd in me looked at some of Luca Garza's advanced stats 
and the defensive numbers are not spectacular. And I think that was kind of the biggest knock maybe against Garza going into the NBA. So it's not really a shock, but it's probably the challenge that has scouts have been right about. So that maybe has an impact as well, but we'll see what happens. They'll, you know, getting down to crunch time here in the NBA season. Obviously the Pistons aren't in the hunt, but um, all great questions. So thank you again for everyone who submitted those. And again, you can join our text message updates for free at joinsubtext.com slash Hawkeyes. Also got a lot of good stuff coming in this week's newsletter. Again, also free. Does not replace a subscription by any means, but it's a good complement to what you're getting with the articles. So you can subscribe to that. The easiest way is subscribepage.com slash hawks. So, and I'll be back with more spring football content throughout the next few weeks. So still got a little more of even pro day content that you'll be seeing on thegazette.com. And we'll be eventually hearing from every position coach and a lot of players as well. Already talked to Abdul Hodge for the first time. He's still settling in a little bit in Iowa City. He's been on campus for maybe if I'm doing my math right. Man, I've been struggling here on this math. I want to say it's about three weeks, I believe. Um, Maybe it's closer to four. So a couple of weeks he's been on campus. So he said that he still has his clothes in a suitcase His family is still in South Dakota. So, you know, he's getting accustomed there and obviously has the benefit of an experienced tight end core that he's inheriting. And he already has a few tight end coaches already on staff. So that's a nice resource too, between LeVar Woods, between Brian Ferentz. So he's got some options there. Kelvin Copeland was optimistic about his position group. Uh, Got the senior leadership of guys like Charlie Jones coming back. So that'll be interesting to see. And then Brian Ferentz we heard from. So he was had an interesting press conference. So he admitted that he really cannot throw a football. So when you see the assistant coaches way before the game throwing a football around, he said that he will not be one of those. Um, because that he'd be just waiting to become an internet meme. So no internet memes of Brian Ferentz, at least not throwing a football. So I'll be back with another episode of Hawk Off the Press next week. Until then, we will talk Hawks later. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.